So, we finally made it to the Western Conference. The overview of the landscape, I think this one is going to be a little bit more straightforward here. I think the stronger seeds might be safe. That's what I have in my notes as far as what I think is going to happen. So let's start with the very first series. The highest seed in the Western Conference, again, they didn't want to go for the President's Trophy, although they could have because the Florida Panthers were so good. But the Colorado Avalanche, they ended up 56-19-7 with 119 points. Still not so bad, huh? And the second wild card in the Central, the Nashville Predators, 45-30-7 for 97 points. It went to the last game of the season as far as which team was going to play against the Colorado Avalanche. Was it going to be Dallas? Was it going to be Nashville? Well, it ended up on the last game of the season that it was going to be the Nashville Predators. So it's going to be Jared Bednar versus John Hines, the head coaching matchup. So a couple quick points here again as we've done on the Eastern Conference side of things. Are the favorites ready to roll versus pain to play? And an all-around display versus a punishing display. So as we did in the East, let's do this in the West. The stats on the centerpieces. Miko Rotten, we'll start with the Colorado Avalanche. 76 games played, 36 goals, 56 assists, 92 points, a staggering plus 35. And let's tell you, these numbers keep going higher for the most part. Nathan McKinnon, a little bit injured, but he had an incredible year again. 65 games played, 32 goals, 56 assists, 88 points, plus 22. Nazem Kadri, my goodness, what a year for him, career year. 71 games played, 28 goals, 59 assists, 87 points, plus 13. Andre Burakovsky, coming over from the Washington Capitals in the offseason, 80 games played 22 goals 39 assists 61 points plus 18 Gabriel Landeskog don't really know about his health status is whether or not he's gonna be ready to go in this series so far with the knee issue he had 51 games played 30 goals 29 assists 59 points a plus 27 for the captain Val Nachuskin excellent since coming over from Dallas hadn't really worked out in Dallas worked out in Colorado 62 games played 25 goals 27 assists 52 points plus 21 all staggering numbers for the Colorado Avalanche. But more centerpieces on the side of the Nashville Predators. Let's get into it like this. Everybody said Matt Duchesne was done. I was not one of those. Everybody laughed at me on that part of it. But 78 games played, 43 goals, 43 assists, 86 points for Matt Duchesne. One of the best players for Colorado, now on Nashville, one of the best players for Nashville. Philip Forsberg still going strong. 69 games played, 42 goals, 42 assists, 84 points. Mikel Granlin also one of those guys in that same argument with Deshane. 80 games played, 11 goals, 53 assists, 64 points. And Ryan Johansson from the Columbus Blue Jackets and now with the Nashville Predators within the last couple of years. 79 games played, 26 goals, 37 assists, and 63 points. There is a lot of production. The reason why I didn't mention all the plus-minus side of things for the stats on the centerpieces for Nashville is because those numbers were at 9 or less or in the negatives as far as the plus-minus in comparison to the 30s and 40s that I mentioned. But it gets much worse on this side here for the Nashville Predators in the sense of this. Best defenseman that we have in a series. This might happen to be the best defensive matchup that we have in all eight series in the Stanley Cup playoffs in the first round. And it starts like this for Colorado. Kel McCarr, second in points among defensemen. 77 games played, 28 goals, 58 assists, 86 points in a staggering, mind-blowing, plus 48. And it gets even worse. Devin Tays, 66 games played, 13 goals, 44 assists, 57 points, and a plus 52. 
Eric Johnson, 77 games played, 25 points, a plus 22. And Josh Manson, since coming over from the Ducks, uh, I don't know what's going on with him, but he's a minus 10. He's got to be able to pick that up. He's one of those guys they brought in there for a second, third round pick that was supposed to solidify some stuff for the Colorado on the back end. That's not worked out right now. For Roman Yossi and the National Predators, he was the very best in the NHL as far as points production. 80 games played as well. 23 goals, 73 assists, 96 points. Matthias Ekholm, 76 games played, 31 points, plus 14. Uh, Alexander Carrier, 77 games played, 30 points, plus 26. And Dante Fabro, 66 games played, 24 points, plus 13. So I don't know what's going on in Nashville, but we've seen this for years and years and years now. As much as we talk about the participation trophies and people want to sit and look and laugh as far as all the stuff for Nashville, oh, they can't get it done in the playoffs, oh, ha-ha, this and that. Well, the one thing you can say about Nashville, whether it be between Shea Weber, Roman Yossi, uh, any of those guys you want to throw out there, Dante Fabro, Ekholm, everybody else, it doesn't matter Every single year, Nashville finds a way to draft and cultivate NHL defensemen, put them on there for cheap, and if they move on from them later, they can. They're not moving on from Roman Yossi or Ekholm or things like that. But my point being is, they always have NHL-rated defensemen through the draft that's cultivated and developed, put on the back end, and they're to be feared. They're always really good, and they're always really good at playing defense, playing good positioning, throwing the body, can skate, and do all of that. This is where it gets interesting, and this is maybe where I can't always give a prediction, but like everything else in the capsule, I'm still going to do so. So for goaltending, Darcy Kemper, 57 games played, a 37-12-5 record, a 254 goals against, and a 921 save percentage, and Pavel Fransovs, 21 games played, remember most of the through through injury, 15-5-1 record, a 255 goals against, and a 916 save percentage. This is where it gets very interesting for Nashville, and this is where it becomes a huge problem. 67 games played for Yusei Saros, 38 wins, 25 losses, and then 3 overtime losses. That's how you get the 38, 25, and 3. 264 goals against and a 918 save percentage, and David Riddick. 17 games played, a 6-3 and 4 record with a 357 and an 886. And Connor Ingram is also the rookie. Why did I mention this? Because Yusei Staros sustained a leg injury in the Calgary game, and they don't know about his status as far as ready to go for Game 1 and Game 2. Yusei Saros might not be able to get in the pipes there for the Nashville Predators. Again, 67 games played, 38-25-3, a 264, and a 918 save percentage. He's the one that's had the very heavy workload here for Nashville. If he can't go, and this rests on David Riddick and rookie Connor Ingram, this series is over. There, there really is. There's nothing else to say about it. I don't care how good all the forwards are. And we talk about Matt Duchesne. And we talk about Granlin. And we talk about Forsberg. Great, great years. Johansson, same thing too. And the defense is excellent. But Colorado, with their offense and everything else, is still going to be able to get so many shots toward that blue paint and cause so much pressure that if you say Soros can't play in this series, it's done. So Nashville is going to lay the boom, and this is going to be one of those things that they're going to have to do. An NHL leading 2,470 hits, 265 more than any playoff team that was left. The Bruins were third. The crazy part was the Ottawa Senators, who've been long eliminated, were second, 2,417. 
But who's going to stop Colorado's offense? I don't care about how many body checks you throw, hip checks, punishing play, and Nashville's going to be able to do that. They love to play the body more than anybody else, and they're damn good at it because they don't take penalties and they don't do stupid things. But are they going to be able to stop Colorado's offense? There isn't a single team in the league that have been able to stop Colorado's offense. I understand everybody talks about the Florida Panthers in the East, Colorado is one of those teams to be feared. Now, Colorado, within the last couple of years, have been favored, and for good reason. But they've not lived up to the expectations in the billing. Vegas has favored them the last couple of years. Now the goaltending is there. Again, for me, maybe Darcy Kemper and uh, Pavel Francois aren't the high-priority names. But because those team, the team is so good around them, between offense and defense, it's fine. And I think for this point, I think finally I will say that it's fine. They don't have to have a superstar goaltender. I think it was the best thing for Colorado to do to not go after Marc-Andre Fleury. You don't need to add everything else to the cap. Go with what you got. You have so much reinforcements on offense. Your defense is so good on the back end. These guys should be good enough to get it done. Is anybody going to be? Is anybody going to be able to stop Colorado's offense? No. I don't care who it is. No. I, I will say this to you. So again, who wins the series? Why? Give reasons for both teams. So let's start this on the other side for for once. So for the National Predators, let's say you say Saros is completely healthy. Let's say some of those big-time body checks sustain an injury for something for Colorado. It can happen. Injuries are part of the game. That could turn the series completely on its head. Having a physical series, again, Colorado and Joe Sackick, they, they, they brought in some of these other pieces there with uh, Cogliano, Helm, some of the other guys in the back end that they had in there before that have a lot of speed, physicality, and things like that. They can play any way that you want to try to match up with Nashville. And they're going to have to be because this is going to be a physical series here in Colorado. Better be ready for it. And I imagine they're going to be. Their team is deep all the way around, so they can kind of play all the way around. But if Soros can go, if the physical punishment kind of gets into Colorado's head a little bit, maybe there's an injury sustained, maybe Soros steals a game or two, Nashville can win this series. Some of the other forwards that we talked about between Forsberg, Johansson, some of the other depth scoring, Duchesne, they're going to have to do even more. They're going to have to lift even more because the Colorado offense cannot be stopped. I don't care about, I understand how good Roman Yossi is and Fabro and Eckholm and everyone else that I talked to with Alexander Carrier being a plus 26. Nashville wasn't the biggest as far as plus minus differential, but that back end has stayed high in that plus minus differential and they've been very good for a reason. If a lot of those things can work in Nashville's favor, they can definitely win this series. And for Colorado, it's pretty simple. I'm not going to sugarcoat it in the side of things. All they need is the team to be able to do the same thing that they've been doing all year. Nothing more, nothing less. Nobody, nobody even needs to give any more than they've already given so far this year. You stay around your statistical averages, maybe even slightly below it, that's still more than enough to be able to get through this series. Again, is there going to be some problems there with Darcy Kemper and Pavel Francos? Perhaps. They're not the biggest known names, and they're not one of those guys that can go ahead and steal you a series. Although Darcy Kemper's been good, I'm not going to sit there and disqualify all of that. But these guys are not the best of the best between the pipes, and that's maybe the one thing that can go against the Colorado Avalanche. But a lot would have to go wrong for the Colorado Avalanche to lose this series. But I, I will say this. I know I've been saying six games a lot throughout the the uh, capsules that we've had so far throughout all of these. Again, this is number five of eight. But 
a lot would have to go wrong for Colorado to absolutely lose this series. But do I believe the Nashville Predators, even before all this, are capable of winning a couple games? Yes, I do. I don't think this is going to be a short series. Hell, I don't think any of these series that we have right now are going to be short series. I don't, I don't, with you know, foresee an ass kicking in any one of these series that we have within this eight. So I say the Colorado Avalanche win this series in six games. But if you say Soros can't go, if he can't go, I do have to make an amend there. This series will be over at least in five or less if Soros can't play because I just don't see how David Riddick or Connor Ingram or anyone else they throw in there. Hell, they'd have to throw in David Ayers, the Zamboni driver, that maybe have a better chance as far as all that stuff if Soros can't play. So if he can't go, this series should be over in five or less. But if Soros is there, I absolutely think he's capable of stealing a game. But Colorado still takes this one in six. A lot would have to go right for Nashville, as we talked about, to be able to kind of stem that tide. Game one of that series in the Western Conference will begin on Tuesday, May 3rd at 9.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN.